to famous with Kate and Liz. We're back yet again. You can't get rid of us. You can't get rid of us. Oh, we're coming off the heels of our throwback EBH episode. If you know, you know. Um, wow, lots of isolation stories. I think I saw a couple more that I ended up sending you. Like yes, yeah. Throughout, there, there's so many. Good, yeah, really good weird news. Like recently, we had to do yeah. it. Yeah, it's like all over the headlines. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that. If you missed it, go back and listen. Tell us what you think. Um, we just love, we love those kinds of stories. So it was nice to go down memory lane and just look up ridiculous news stories that are happening um, yeah. around the world. Good times, good times. But we are here to start a new series. Drum roll, please. Elizabeth, take it away. What is our topic? Our topic. Oh, I thought you were like wanted me to do a drum roll. I was like, I'm not good at that. That was good. Don't put me on the spot. (laughs) Don't make me do a drum roll. Insert insert drum roll here. Insert drum roll here. We're here to talk about the one, the only Richard Tiffany Gear. (laughs) Oh, rom com royalty, baby rom-com royalty yep we are doing a series on famous leading men i know we are with the like we love the ladies we're like you know all for a strong empowered woman and like we usually tend to focus on women in our reporting but we decided to do one for the boys this time you know and talk about some of the leading men and i'm not like i'm not talking about like channing tatum and bradley coop like they're great (laughs) But I'm like talking about the ones that stand the test of time. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have to go back. Yeah. We we can none of these like eh, yeah they're they're like famous but whatever like no no Richard Tiffany Gear. That's right. You heard correctly. His middle name is Tiffany, which happens to be his mother's maiden name. Correct. It correct. And that is common. So my father's middle name is his mother's maiden name too. So that's like common for men of that generation. Right. And it just so happens that her last name was (laughs) Tiffany. So it's just unfortunate that her last name was Tiffany. Yes. (laughs) I don't don't think he cares actually. (laughs) No, I really, I really don't. Um, Which actually gets us right into the episode because I thought, you know, Interesting facts right away up front. Um, one of the one of the coolest things about him, I think, learning about him because you know we all know him, we love him. Um, but he was way ahead of his time because in the eighties he actually refused to confirm his sexuality in interviews, and would be like, "This is a stupid question. Like, I'm not going to tell you if I'm a homosexual or a heterosexual." Like. What does that matter? It has nothing to do with my acting ability. So, like, kind of what's the point? And this was, like, in the 80s. I love that for him. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, and these, like, we'll get into these, like, LGBT uh, rumors have, like, you know, followed him. And he's really been, like, you know, outspoken 
um, about it. He just honestly, like, after learning more about him, I was like, Richard Gere just seems like a cool dude. Like, I'd like to have yeah. a nice glass of wine with him and, like, just, like, talk because he's, like, his views and stuff on life and the humanitarian efforts he supports and the projects he takes on. I'm just like, he just seems like a nice guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, normal too. Like, mm-hmm. just like, his, you know, famous co-star from Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts, she also seems, like, so normal, but, like, she is one of the most famous actresses in the world, like, of all time, and she just seems like she lives, like, a normal life, right? Like, they're not all over the I think the um also before tabloids. So- well, yeah, they were before social media, so it was a different kind of level of like tabloids. True. It was still the tabloids, but it didn't probably like mess them up mentally as much. I mean, it did, but you know, like yeah. But do you think level. do you think he Richard Gere is going to be in a in a grocery store line seeing the headlines? Like, <laughs> no. no, he's not picking up a magazine. No, he has at. like he's literally living his life. Like exactly. he does he has not care. Hands garden that he goes to and gets his produce that way (laughs) yes yes I wonder where he lives I should have looked up like where he lives I bet his his neighbors are like Oprah and you know they live in that like community of like they have their own like farms and their own land they can do their own thing I can see that for him yeah but then also have like you know a more of a normal normal house I don't know I should look where he lives where's his wife from she's from Spain I think the most recent wife oh okay so maybe they live in Spain I don't know you never see him it didn't come uh, up they're, they're pretty private yeah yeah he's a private guy private guy I mean he's um Spain, I think so maybe they probably have a place in LA too I'm sure I'm sure um okay so another interesting fact is that he has a lifelong passion for music and he it listed off like 10 different instruments that he could just like play which is super like whoa um so he actually composed and performed the song that he does in pretty woman on the piano like that piano scene where he's playing he like made that song for the movie Yep, and he played, like, that was really him, like, playing the piano. The sex so that was cool. Yes, that's right. And it's a good reminder, like, watch the movie. If you haven't watched it in a while, if you've never seen it, like, what are you waiting for? Now's the time. This is your sign to watch Pretty Woman. Probably his best work, like, my favorite, Richard Gere. I- <sighs> yeah, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Although I do need to go back and watch some of his like earlier stuff. Cause I don't think I've seen all of his like most famous earlier movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back into that. Um, okay. So another thing from kind of like his childhood along with music is that one of his childhood friends, is it herb or herb? How do you I pronounce think it's that? Her- herb with the H. Herb. herb yeah. With the plant. <laughs> because in French, because I took French, so it's like herb. Like you would never pronounce the H right. in a French word. So it's like goes against my 
<laughs> very limited French knowledge <laughs> to pronounce the H. <laughs> so his childhood friend, Herb Ritz, um, photographed his headshots. And he actually ended up becoming a super successful professional photographer. And like Richard Gere's headshots were like literally the talk of the town. And like, that is why this guy got so famous as a photographer, like legit because he did his childhood friend, Richard Gere's headshots. Yeah. And he actually like plays a, a couple pivotal roles in Richard Gere's life that will get yes. into his relationship with Cindy Crawford. So that's right. That's right. Yes. We'll circle back to Herb. Um, okay, so, oh, this I thought was weird. He only has one major award, mm. and that is a Golden Globe from the 2003 uh, little motion picture called Chicago. We've all seen it. I yeah. mean, well, and I know we're going to talk about this as to, like, why he might not be winning a lot of awards. Um, yes. And- like politics but I mean I liked him in Chicago I didn't think he was the best singer though but like no no but he tried and that's kind of how musicals are it's like there's always got to be a couple people who like just have regular people voices yep yep Pierce Brosnan boost morale yes exactly (laughs) you're right you're right okay yeah um oh and then of course something that you would have seen which I know I definitely saw in the grocery store line in 1999 was People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive cover. And it would have had our dear old Richard Tiffany Gears mug all over it. I'm, I'm, um, I mean, I had to have seen this in the checkout yeah. line, right? Oh yeah. This is like, we're talking like we were like ninth grade probably at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, and you know, he's someone who's like, just like always had gray hair in my mind. Like I know he hasn't yes. like even, even in this, like I bet he has gray hair in this sexiest man alive and yes. like he, he can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I see him in pretty woman, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like he has brown hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he doesn't have gray hair right now. Or like totally white. I think it's right. like totally yeah. white now. Right. Yeah. But that's kind of like his signature, but he can yeah. still be sexy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So despite not being vegetarian, uh, Richard Gere has often been erroneously included on lists of famous vegetarians. So if you see the most famous vegetarians list and Richard Tiffany Gere is on there, you'll know that is a false statement. Yep. (laughs) So, and and we'll get into it, but I think he's like practices Buddhism and stuff. And I think that's uh, why people just like assume yes. he's right. a, a vegetarian. <laughs> right. Instead of like asking the man himself, yeah. <laughs> they just assume. <laughs> um, he is one of the most expensive actors and he is charging around five to $10 million for each film. I am. He knows his worth. He knows yeah. his worth. Five yeah. to 10 million. Hey, he's like, that'll pay for like my kids city apartment while they're going to college. Perfect. Do a movie here, do a movie there. And he's, he's into some like indie films too. So like these indie films 
must be raking in some dough to be able yeah, to afford him. A producer on some of those or something, you know, does a different true, true, true. Get around it. But like I feel like if that's his going rate, that's pretty pretty good. He's made it. <laughs> uh yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a Virgo, born in at the end of August, so he's a Virgo. I don't know much about Virgos. I don't either, but you know, if he's a Virgo, he seems peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume, yeah, Virgos have to be peaceful. It's going to be like, they're the most, like, violent, aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what? You're obviously not Virgos, but if you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you are, congratulations. Um, so, oh, this I thought was weird. So Pretty Woman was originally named $3,000. Like, yes. just the numbers with the dollar sign. Um because that's the price that Vivian charges Edward per week in the movie Pretty Woman. So its original title was $3,000. Yeah, I had heard no. that before. That is um, interesting. Not so creative, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so tying into that. So think, okay, this movie is named $3,000. And they wanted... Oh, I forget who's the director. Wanted Meg Ryan and Al Pacino. Ah. Like those were the top picks for Pretty Woman for Vivian and Edward. And it supposedly had like the script had a totally different, like dark vibe to it. And like they don't end up together at the end. But then like Disney bought the film and thought the the title 3000 sounded like a sci-fi movie. Uh, uh-huh. So they changed the name of the movie to pretty woman. And then they're like, of course going to go with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts sure. over Meg Ryan and Al Pacino, because now, now they're going to end up together. So you want to like them. Like, I'm sure that movie would have been great with Meg Ryan and Al Pacino, but it would have been a totally different vibe. You know, I've heard this too, and that like Kit, the friend, like dies in it, and like was supposed yeah. to, like a drug overdose, and like you know, like <laughs> yeah, like it ends like really like, dark, yeah, pretty, and yeah. So like I, I recently went and saw. Thank you to my husband who got me these tickets for Christmas, um, the Pretty Woman musical, and it was like the cheesiest cheese ever, and I loved it. <gasps> coming to a town near you and that you're into that go but yeah I cannot imagine like a dark version of it I mean I know I know seriously um okay you are gonna get into the background yeah I'm gonna talk a little bit about his background and career um where where is he from and and how did it all begin so Richard Tiffany Gear was born in Philadelphia on August 31st, 1949. He's the eldest son and second child to um, his mother, Doris Ann Tiffany, which we said um, earlier. And uh, she was a housewife. And um, his father, Homer George Gear, was an insurance um, agent. And originally, his father wanted to become a minister, and Richard was raised Methodist in Syracuse, New York. Um, so after being born in Philadelphia, at some point, I think when he was like a child, he moved up to 
upstate New York and spent a lot of his, most of his childhood there and grew up there. And, um, his paternal great grandfather, George Lane Gear, changed the spelling of their last name, which was originally G E E R um, to G E R E. I don't know why. Makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. G E E R. You know, and I think a lot of times when people immigrate to this country, they also like kind of change. Oh, yeah. Um, and one of his ancestors, also named George, was an Englishman who came um, from. Uh, England, obviously, (laughs) 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 and settled in the Connecticut colony in 1638. And both of like his parents have Mayflower descendants. Um, So he's like, that's like white people royalty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, that might be like the worst thing about him right now. (laughs) Right. Like them both be like both parents have Mayflower. Yeah, you're like, ee, Richard, Tiffany Gear, yikes. And so the main you're canceled. We're canceling him. (laughs) (laughs) You have Mayflower descendants. You're canceled. Oh shit. Yeah, I do too. So, yeah. uh, oops. Say, like, we'd be canceling a lot of people. <laughs> um, hey, maybe you're related to Richard Tiffany Gear. Um, <gasps> oh my God. I'm going to go on that show. I love that show. I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> know Your Roots or whatever it's called. Yeah, you might be related. Um, but we do have something very much in common with Richard Gear. And the reason I like even wanted to do him as a subject for this podcast is because he attended the same college as us (laughs) he did just think of it you could have sat in the same room that Richard Tiffany Gear sat in Uh, oh god I mean we definitely walked the same streets but I don't think we were (gasps) in the same room because he was there on a gymnastics scholarship (laughs) (laughs) you weren't hanging out with the gymnasts Uh, 1967, he was there on a gymnastics scholarship. Can, what, what Shocker. Can do? I know. Honest to God. He is just, he's one of those people that's just good at everything. Yep. Yep. And, I, and like a good person, good looking, but like has yep. morals and is like an actually decent person. It's very rare. He yeah. could have easily gotten like a huge ego, been a dick, been canceled in the Me Too movement. No. That's not, that is not our Richard Tiffany gear. (laughs) No, UMass Amherst alumni. Well, he didn't graduate. Yeah, he did two years. (laughs) So he only did two years and then worked, left to go pursue a career as a musician. Like you were saying earlier, he plays all these uh, instruments and he performed in numerous bands um, and then began acting in summer programs throughout the New England area, like in theater programs and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I just love that he was a, a UMass Minuteman. I'll give him an honorary degree from there. Oh, absolutely. I, I bet he does. He must have to, <laughs> right? Yes, right. I mean, who doesn't want to claim him? We also had Bill Cosby, so we really need to start claiming. <laughs> I know we should be promoting this. Somebody campaigning for him. Amber V, Amber V. I'm sure, you know, personally, the Dean of students right now. <laughs> It's like, I just know you do email that person and be like, we got to do a big Richard Tiffany gear push 
a big campaign campus. for him to be an honorary doctorate. Like, do the he doesn't have much time left. I feel like he's getting like off. his face should be painted like a mural <laughs> of his face should be like at the student union. I mean, I hope the gym, why isn't the gym named after him? The gymnastics room or whatever. Sir Richard Tiffany Gear Stadium. <laughs> That's what they're going to name the new football stadium. <laughs> the Richard Tiffany Gear Center for Good Looks and something. School for ants. Men who can do everything and are nice. <laughs> Oh, it can spell really good. The first of its kind. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh. So that's that's kind of where he got his beginning. And he was dipping his toe in acting in the summer programs um, after college or around that age. Um, but he began working um, professionally first at the Seattle Repertory Theater uh, in Providence Town. Oh, sorry. And at the Providence Town Playhouse in Cape Cod in 1969, so just a couple years after leaving UMass. His first major acting role, though, was of Danny Zuko in the original London stage version of Grease in 1973. Oh, my God. I would love to go back in a time machine and be at this exact performance. Right? Oh, my! I know. This would be amazing. 1973, 50 years ago, basically, a young Richard Greer. Yeah. Slicked his hair back with some grease and, <laughs> and wore a leather jacket. You go. <laughs> I love this. I love this for him. Totally. Um, he was also one of the very first notable Hollywood actors to play a homosexual character. Uh, he actually starred as a gay Holocaust victim in the 1979 Broadway production of Bent, and that earned him a Theater World Award. Um, but also because of the time, it's kind of started the rumors of him possibly being homosexual. Um, like we've right. said, like, yeah, like we said at the top, why he would have to defend, like, why are you even asking someone if they're gay or not? Like, right. why are you even asking that? They've been attached to him his whole life and career. And a lot of it, people think it probably was because of this role. And, it, and it's just sad, but he like seems to handle it well, you know? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, he began appearing in Hollywood films in the mid-1970s. He was originally cast in a starring role in The Lords of Flatbush in 1974, but he was replaced after fighting with his co-star, Mr. Sylvester Stallone. Oh my God, we're going to get into that later. I don't know if you really want to like fight Sly Stallone, but I mean, like this, this feud, I believe has like carried over to today. Ongoing to this day, Sylvester Stallone and Richard Gere are mortal enemies. (laughs) You want to see that movie. That's the movie I want to see. His first starring role. And he yeah. like couldn't hold it together or whatever, or S- Sly was that bad that Richard. Yeah, he probably was like, this guy is such an egomaniac psycho. Like, <laughs> to be, I mean, honestly, could you imagine? He's just like so nice, Richard Gere, like going about his life. And then next thing you know, you're working with Sylvester Stallone and you have to put up with all his shit. 
I mean, it has to have been bad because, like, you think, like, you would just do anything to keep your first starring role, right? You yeah. Know? So. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it because there are some rumors that are attributed to Mr. Sly. <laughs> um, <laughs> potentially. Allegedly. Yes. Um, so then the, Amer- the crime drama American Gigolo in 1980 is what really boosted his profile. And he kind of like became this new rom-com royalty. Like you said, he, after that, there was an officer and a gentleman. Um, and that pretty much like cemented his ascent to stardom. And that movie made 130 million in 1982 and won two Academy Awards out of six nominations. Um, and he received a Golden Globe um, nomination for that, too. So it's like kind of he had arrived after an officer and a gentleman. Yes, his arrival. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen that. So I should go back and watch that. I know that. I know. I got to go through this list and be like, OK, what haven't I seen? Yeah. What have I seen? I mean, he's in so many. Big, I, I literally had to cut this list down because I can't just read you. Yeah. The movie he's been in because it, we would be here all night. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. So for the remainder of the 80s, he appeared in um, various films that had different, you know, critical and commercial success. Um, he was in the movie Internal Affairs in 1990, Pretty Woman in 1990, um, which also gave him his second Golden Globe Award nomination. In the 1990s, he saw, um, you know, more success in the film uh, Summersby, 1993, where he starred opposite Jodie Foster. He was also in Primal Fear, which is good. I recommend um, 1996. And then reunited with uh, his Pretty Woman co-star Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride, 1999. And he also took, like, the leading role in the action thriller, thriller The Jackal, in 1997. So, like, the 90s... Almost every year he was doing one, if not more movies. Oh my God. This man was on full throttle mode. I know. Well, I looked up, I wanted to watch Primal Fear because I don't think I've ever seen that, but it's on Paramount Plus or Peacock. Mm, yeah I can't I, remember what it said but years ago um probably before that was like even a thing but yeah it is good yeah I'll have to I'll have to watch it and it's got like one of those endings where you're like ooh, I don't know um <laughs> love those yeah and then you know more recently but not really it's still like 20 years ago to us this was yesterday yeah 2002 2003 like that seems like not that long ago but it was like 20 years yeah, ago I just saw a thing that was like um about how people from my class graduated high school 20 years ago mm-hmm. like this month <laughs> and yeah. I'm like I've been out of high school for 20 years. My high school just had their 20 year high school reunion like two weeks ago. Yeah. Insane. Didn't make it. it. Darn. Missed that one. Um, Yeah. So around the the high point of our lives, (laughs) there were the Mothman prophecies. Unfaithful, which is good, too. Um, The film adaptation of Chicago, which we talked about, for which he won his first Golden Globe Award. I'm not going to say his last because there's still time, you know? So uh, I know. Well, I'm trying to think of what the last movie I saw with him in it was probably Chicago. (laughs) 
I mean, he hasn't been in a lot recently, I don't think. I didn't really go down the IMDb rabbit hole, but, like, that's okay. He's done a lot. He's He's done, like... He's been doing a lot of indie films. Yeah, like you were saying, and he's been a father. Um, and I think in like joined yes. kids too, and like recently. I mean, he put in his time in the nineties, like yeah, to oh. finally get into the relationships. So, um, but not all of his relationships uh, were great because he's married currently to his third wife. So you know, um, so Gear had on-again, off-again relationships with actress Penelope Milford from 1971 to, hang on, my screen just blacked out, to 1978, and painter Sylvia Martins from 1978 to 1986, which is, that's like a long time. And yeah, during I those years... Often, but, you know, they were young. Yeah, yeah. And during those years, he was also sporadically linked with many other famous women, including Barbara Streisand... Mm -hmm. Um, which that's a couple for you. Um, he was accused of having affairs with Priscilla Presley. It's like, who wasn't romantically linked to Priscilla Presley and or Elvis Presley? (laughs) Like during, during like the seventies or whenever that was. That should really be like this, the six degrees of the Presleys. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Six degrees of the Presleys. So much better. Thank you. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Um, I want to read her um, autobiography, Priscilla Presley. I feel like it would be real good. Uh, yeah, she is quite the character. Um, would love a reality show <laughs> <laughs> to get a look inside of that dynamic. Um, anywho. So he was accused of having affairs with Priscilla Presley and Kim Basinger, 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 Basinger. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I can't read. Um, in tell-all books written by Presley's ex-boyfriend, Michael Edwards, and Basinger's ex-husband, Ron Snyder. So according to their ex's tell-all books, um, you know, he was he was chilling with Priscilla Presley. Yeah, I mean, it did seem like he was kind of like a playboy in the 90s, right? Like, he was one who was older. How could he not be? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he was probably so respectful. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. In my mind, he was, right? Yeah, or, I mean, maybe he had to change his ways, and that's why he found found um spirituality I don't know (laughs) ah yes interesting yes 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 indeed um okay so finally he's like all right enough of this Priscilla Presley business I gotta I gotta like settle down so he ended up marrying um I don't know if you've ever heard of her this woman she's just super plain looking um and normal uh she goes by the name of Cindy Crawford I'm sorry. Like the original supermodel, I feel like, in my mind. Yes. The Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Um, These are the two biggest stars of, like, at the time. At the time. It would be like when, like, Ben and Jen got married, you know? Yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. So true. So they were married from 1991 to 1995. 
which I'm like crazy. But going back to our good friend Herb Ritz, Richard Tiffany Gear's childhood friend, the photographer, remember him? Mm-hmm. So he ends up in 1988, he hosts a party, a barbecue, and they met at his barbecue. And that's when, that's basically how their relationship started. At good old Herbie Ritz's barbecue. Yeah. Not at a club or event or promotional thing. Like, just like a friend's barbecue. Yep. And this guy, think of how popular he became because mm. he had Cindy Crawford coming to his barbecue. Like, Yeah, he was probably photographing her, maybe. Yeah, so good for Herbie boy. Um, and after they took their relationship public, it rocketed the couple to cover of magazines and features on TV shows like Entertainment Tonight. And in 1991, Crawford and Gear caused a fuss when they attended the Academy Awards post-Pretty Woman together so that was like oh my god um with the supermodel oh she was in a red versace dress you gotta include the picture on instagram it's like pretty iconic because she looks like vivian from pretty woman you know yes yeah which was i mean oh my god that's what we need on the red carpet we really need a moment like this because i can't think of any within like recent times like what a statement what a statement um and then so at the end of that year the first year they met they ended up getting married they weren't even engaged but they they got married so Richard Gere at the time of marrying Cindy Crawford was 42 and Cindy Crawford was 25 so Pretty decent age gap, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, and the model was Mary. Uh, the model was marriage and ch- uh, children minded. Like she wanted a marriage. She wanted kids. So she was like twenty five, which is like young. Mm-hmm. But she's like, this is like, I want to be married. I want to have kids. And Richard Gere was like, no. Um, <laughs> he was like, he no. was like, um. Oh my God. Other leading man. Like George Clooney. <laughs> yes. George yeah. Clooney. Oh my God. I can't even think of George Clooney's name. Yeah. Oh boy. No, I kind of did read like, um, I think she was considering, you know, as of herself, like a model and like, you know, the physiology, biology of like having to have kids and whatnot. And like him also being older and whatnot. And so she was kind of like, okay, like, where is this going? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and according to the mirror, uh, Richard Gere later admitted that uh, Cindy had threatened to walk if he didn't go get down on one knee. So he said, quote, this woman who I was crazy about and loved very much said, I can't wait. I got to move on it if it ain't happening. So, yeah, basically she gave him an ultimatum like I want to have kids and settle down and do this let me know if that's happening. Cause like, let's, let's get it. And he's like, I think I also read somewhere that he was like, I am a child. Like yeah, I can't have I, children. Definitely. I am a child. Yes. 
Yeah, he, um, he like he was still really immature. Immature. Yeah, yeah, he was not ready. Yeah. So in 2015, Cindy said pretty much the same thing during an appearance. She said, quote, Richard and I had been dating for several years. And at one point I was like, are we doing this or what? And he said, let's go to Vegas tonight. So she's talking about like the marriage. Mm -hmm. So the Las Vegas wedding was such a whirlwind affair that there wasn't even time for them to even get rings. So they made their promises with rings made of tin foil. Which, which like I love. Cute. I know. And just being like, okay, let's go. Like, I I know I love you. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do it with a piece of tin foil. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. So um only a few people attended, and lo and behold, Herbie Ritz makes another comeback. Um remember, he's the childhood friend. How could how could we forget? Mm-hmm. Um he was both their bridesmaid and photographer at their wedding. So love that for him. Like he must have a great life, right? Yeah. He should do a photo book. Yes. He probably has one. Um, she's Cindy Crawford said it wasn't the wedding I dreamed of. It was so last minute. I wore this Armani suit. It was a nice suit, but I didn't dream of getting married in a Navy blue suit. So I think she was like, that is not like what I had in mind. And it just wasn't even right at the time. And it should have never happened, kind of. That's that's what I'm getting out of this. Um, so Richard Gere seemed, oh, so they wanted, it says basically Cindy Crawford was like, I want children. And he was like, no, quote, I am a child whenever it like came up. So, um, which I already said. So anyway, so amid what seemed to be complications in the relationship, the tabloids had a field day speculating that their marriage was a sham, including rumors that both stars were part of the LGBTQ plus community and had only wed to cover it up. So like, mm-hmm. I can just imagine this being on the covers. Like, oh, it's God. like such a nineties thing. Like yeah. so many of these rumors, it's like, let's not only like say that they're gay, but like, let's make it the weirdest, most hateful, weird thing, you know, like too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, now it's like kind of the time fringiest. Yeah. So, um, gear and Crawford fought back, including utilizing the unprecedented strategy of taking out a full page ad in the times of London in May, 1994, stating that their marriage was fine and monogamous and that they were both heterosexual, which I think is like insane yeah, that they did that. You never have to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. That just is like, I think now we know like, okay, you just say nothing. Cause they probably got so much yeah. trash for doing that. Um, but the two's marriage was pretty much already over at this point and in December that same year 1994 their publicists issued a statement that they were separating and Cindy had said publicly that she thinks the reason their marriage ended was because of their age gap but it sounds like he was just immature and not ready for the commitment I read another uh few quotes from her where she said like they were never really friends. So like even today they they're polite and whatnot, but like they never really gone back to being friends because they were never really friends before, you know, either. Okay. It's just like a very strictly romantic thing. So like that's hard to like kind of 
you know. Yeah, it seems like it did happen pretty quick, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she did, like, maybe not even a year later, was already, like, getting back with her ex-boyfriend, who is her current husband now, so. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so she was, like, ready. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so moving on in November, 2020, uh, oh my God, I don't know numbers in November, 2002, um, Richard married model and actress, Carrie Lowell, and they had a son, Homer James. Oh no, I don't know how to say this name. I'm not sure. It's a Tibetan word. I think it's like Jigme, Jigme. I have no idea. Yeah. I would say Jigme too, but. Yeah, we don't know if that's right. Um, Gear, who was born in February 2000 and is named for his grandfathers as well as the Tibetan name Jigme. So that means something. Yeah, I didn't see like a meaning attributed to it. Yeah. I didn't really look. No. So um, he did wait a few more years before finally settling settling Mm -hmm. down after Cindy Crawford. And yeah, in like maybe, you know, too. Yep. And in September 2013, the two separated after 11 years of marriage. So he had two sons with this woman, Carrie, and then they separated. I think um, he had one with um, her, and then he has two with his now wife. His current wife, yeah. Yeah, I guess they did go through, like, a big custody battle, but, yeah, maybe they... They've settled that. Um, oh, the case was settled in October 2016. Yeah, so probably by now things have cooled down <laughs> from the court proceedings. Um, and in early April 2018, he married Spanish activist Alejandra Silva. And in August 2018, they announced that they were expecting their first child. And their son, Alexander, was born in February 2019. And then a year later, in 2020, the birth of their second son was reported, but nobody knows what that baby's name is <laughs> to this day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that wasn't that long ago, and he was, like, 70? Yeah. When, when mm-hmm. he had this. So, And I know recently, like, in the news, all over the headlines, last week at least, was um Robert De Niro 75 like has a new baby and Al Pacino 82 his 25 year old girlfriend or whatever like is having a baby so then it was like oh my god you know all the comments were that is like horrible that's like child abuse and some people are like Oh, it's fine. You know, it sparked quite a. Uh, they're going to be fine. Their dads are gazillionaires. <laughs> like, you know. I know. I know. But they just think like, oh, well, they're not going to grow up knowing their father because obviously yeah. they're not going to be around for that long. So like, how could you do that's like irresponsible. But I mean, I, I mean, feel like it is definitely weird uh, for sure. But I feel like these women that they're with, like they've had a conversation with them about it, you know? Yeah. yeah they're both, if they're both like consenting yeah. adults to the situation, like I think they've thought about it and like planned it out maybe a little yeah. bit. 
I mean, it is weird, you know, like, cause yeah, you know, but is it more like, I don't know. I think men, we're talking about men, right? Leading men, like they have this weird, like legacy thing. Like, obviously we've got like Nick Cannon over here trying to have a million kids. And then like oh. these old guys, it's like, okay, like, what is it with spreading your freaking seed and like your legacy and whatnot? Like who cares? I know. I know. Or, or maybe they really do just find like the loves of their lives that late in life and want to have kids. Like who knows? I, it's like, yeah, it's weird to, to me, but like, whatever, do your thing. Like you're, I don't think you're hurting anybody. So yeah, do you, but man, it caused like some crazy debates on online. So because you know, like we've had people like Richard Gere, maybe just because it was like back to back, you know. Um, and these two actors are always like kind of like associated with each other, De Niro and um, Pacino. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, but Gere is part of the club, the old old dad yep. club, you know, like <laughs> the old dad club. Yep, that's right. So just a little interesting thing to think about. Um, and then okay, so this was like. I thought the most interesting thing about Richard Gere's story. So in 1993, he was like essentially blacklisted Mm. from like what the Academy or like the acting in general. (laughs) I don't know. Like like the Hollywood industry. Yeah. Yeah. Like like literally everything. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Yes, blacklisted from Hollywood in general, yes. So um, he began practicing uh, Tibetan Buddhism in his 20s and became invested in the well-being of the region and became a student of the exiled Dalai Lama. So he subsequently used his platform to speak out against Chinese aggression in autonomous in the autonomous region so basically he is like so into tibet and and we could do an entire series on like china chinese like historical events or whatever but this was a pretty i mean i remember growing up like hearing about on the news you know tibet China versus Tibet and you know that's a whole whole thing that we're not even going to get into but he was like super against the Chinese aggression of of Tibet and um while he was yeah, presenting yeah. an award mm-hmm. yeah while he was presenting an award at the 1993 Oscars he condemned the superpower for its treatment of Tibet because China holds significant influence over Hollywood. And this was like, you know, the speech he gave. Um, It caused him to be blackballed because there was so, so much Chinese money in. Blackballed. (laughs) Is that the same thing? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Is that what it says? Oh, I didn't even see that. (laughs) Yeah. Blacklisted, blackballed. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably not like a politically correct term anymore. <laughs> I don't think either of them are. Yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> oh, no. No, we're canceled. 
yeah wow okay yeah, so Chinese investors have since prevented Gear from being cast in studio films and from receiving Academy Awards, even for his best picture winning film, Chicago. Yeah. So he is like not down with it. And that's probably, you know, we don't see him like on the red carpets. And he, I mean, he seems pretty separated from Hollywood since that, yeah. besides like his more more recent aka 20 year ago resurgence um you know maybe enough time had passed that like finally he was getting cast in like more mainstream things again i don't know just a weird super interesting thing like you don't realize that he was that into like the fight for tibetan like freedom <laughs> Basically. Well, yeah, we don't realize how much like Chinese investors control Hollywood, Hollywood either, because he's like the one of the biggest stars. You know, you would think that, you know, he's kind of untouchable, but yeah, yeah, yep. So good for him for speaking up about something that like he cares about. Um, and he still apparently regularly visits the headquarters of the Tibetan government in exile um he's an advocate for human rights in tibet and is a co-founder of the tibet house u.s creator of the gear foundation and chairman of the board of directors for the international campaign for tibet and because he supports the tibetan independence movement he's permanently banned from entering china oh interesting yes and there was this other thing about like China wanted to like have him come visit or something, but he was like, I'm gonna stay. So, I, I don't know. It, it was like a whole convoluted thing, but like he was trying to make a deal, like to make a point. I don't know. Anyway, right. moving on. Um, he's forward to bad. That's all we need to know. So, other humanitarian efforts. Um, oh, and I was going to say, when I read the word Gear Foundation, I was like, he totally invests into, like, um, PBS, right? Because I feel like at the beginning or end of, like, every PBS show, it's, like, the Gear Foundation. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know how they rattle off a bunch of, like, different foundations and, like, people who fund, like, yeah. the show yeah. or whatever? Like, I where I can hear them saying the gear foundation <laughs> I mean you probably watch more PBS than I do because you have kids so <laughs> true Daniel Tiger yep I'll start again when I'm like 60 so. <laughs> you're like I still got a few years to get back into that sorry there is such a gap there wow never really thought of that <laughs> oh my god that was great um Okay, so for other humanitarian efforts, um, he campaigns for ecological causes and AIDS awareness. He currently serves on the board of directors for Healing the Divine, an organization that supports global initiatives to promote peace, justice, and understanding. Love that. Sounds great. Um, he helped to establish the AIDS Care Home, 
a residential facility in India for women and children with AIDS and also supports campaigns for AIDS awareness and education in that country, um, India. And in 1999, he created the Gear Foundation India Trust to support a variety of humanitarian programs in India. So he's doing a lot of things and isn't like, posting all over about it like he's just doing these things to be good like a good human this is probably where he's been what he's been up to you know yeah yeah and he contributed some of his writing for the book we are one a celebration of tribal peoples released in october 2009 he discussed the uh persecution and loss of land of the Jumas as an example of a tragic story that repeats itself in different continents um, all over the world, calling attention to the crime against their peaceful culture and how it reflects on humankind's own relationship with nature and capacity to survive. Wow, that was a Kate sentence. Really long. (laughs) Sorry, I'm out of breath. (laughs) Um, No, he definitely an indigenous uh, supporter for sure. uh, Yeah. Yeah, and the royalties from the book's sale go to the indigenous rights organization called Survival International. So, sounds like a great thing. And never heard of them. Survival International. What Don't a look into that. Like, yeah, okay. abroad, at home, he's he's just helping for causes that he believes in. You know? oh, Richard Tiffany Gear, love Keep you. And I think um, you are going to end us on. I think the, what we would call the elephant in the room or the gerbil in the room. <laughs> gerbil in the will. room. Yes, that was an amazing, amazing transition. So, okay, you guys, if you are from the generation that Kate and I are from, the other thing you probably know the most about Richard Gear or have heard about him is this crazy gerbil rumor. Um, I just want to do a disclaimer. We're going to talk about some gross sexual stuff for the next couple minutes. So if you don't want to listen, this is the end of the podcast. We'll be done in a few minutes. You can just stop now. (laughs) This is your warning. This is your warning. Gerbil sex talk ahead. Caution. Exactly. Exactly. So I got the, like, I, I got all this information from Snopes. It's like verified, you know, um, so if you grew up in the 90s, <laughs> like us, you probably heard this rumor that Richard Gere was taken to a hospital emergency room because he had to have a gerbil removed from his butt, <laughs> from his rectum, okay? <laughs> Which to this day, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like, how did this, like, I mean, we'll get into how this possibly started, but like, what like this is like I said like not only are they trying to like say Richard Gere is like gay but also they're like let's do something crazy and weird on top of that (laughs) you know yeah this is what happens when people are too bored like boredom is good but then like exactly when you're this bored and you really but (laughs) and we'll get into that too because this is interesting how these rumors like really did spread before the internet um so okay this tale of someone having to have a gerbil emergency (laughs) extracted from their butt (laughs) has been applied to various public figures, um, mostly ones who are believed to be homosexual. 
but it's really in particular stuck with Richard Gere for some reason. Um, the legend, um, honed in on various targets when it first started coming out. And so there was this also a Philadelphia newscaster that was like targeted with this rumor and people thought that he was into durable butt play too. And, <laughs> and it's like clung on to Richard Gere's name since at least the mid 1980s. So for a long, long time, <laughs> poor Richard. I know it's like, they're asking him and he's like, no, I'm not even, even when these rumors we're going he like still would not just come out and be like i'm not gay he's just like yeah what the hell that was it's so it's, ridiculous it's so. so cringe it's so cringy of like ugh. um so this rumor that he had an emergency gerbilectomy at cedar Di- cedar sinai hospital in california has spread far and wide and like countless doctors and nurses have claimed to have either participated or been on hand or heard from a reliable colleague about the procedure. But according to Snopes, this number is like in the thousands of medical professionals that say that they had something to do with it. And like, there's no way that much staff would even be on top, like on staff at the hospital at one shift, you know? So like, it's just impossible basically. Um, And okay. There was one thing that did aid in this rumor spread, and this is how people had to get creative back in the day before the internet. So there was this anonymous prankster who um, shortly after Pretty Woman uh, came out um, and, you know, Richard Gere is super popular. This anonymous prankster flooded fax machines in Hollywood with a phony press release that was issued um, by the Association for the Prevention of the Cruelty to Animals, claiming that Richard Gere had abused a gerbil. Um, (sighs) So someone actually, like, wrote this press release and faxed it out. (laughs) All over Hollywood, which is, like, inside job. It's got to be. I mean, who has the number of all the Hollywood fax? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, you know, so interesting. Um, But a reporter from the National Enquirer found when he attempted to track down the gerbil story, there were no facts to be had, which, you know, doesn't usually stop the National Enquirer in the past. But apparently this guy was um, (laughs) had a a bit of a moral compass. Um, Okay, then the other thing that has been linked with this rumor, the other person and we talked about him earlier is Sly Stallone is also been linked as potentially the originator of the rumor. Um, yeah, well, he's in Hollywood. I think it's him. I freaking think it's him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So in 1979, they were in that both in that movie that we talked about, Lord of the Flatbush, and they did not get along and they didn't like each other. And one day, Richard Gere spilled chicken juice in Stallone's car, and after that, like a fight kicked off and uh, Richard Gere was fired and recast. Um, Richard Gere has like, you know, not spent much time talking about this uh, Stallone relationship or lack thereof, but I have heard Stallone make some quotes about it. Like in, I don't know, the last 10 years or so, I feel like he's said things about like, yeah, Gere doesn't like me to this day, you know, stuff like that. Oh God. I just, I can't, I can't with this whole scenario. (laughs) We should have done it for Famous Feuds, you know? Who? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, this could, this might as well be Famous Feuds, like, part yeah. two. 
Well, and like the classy man he is, Richard Tiffany Gear has declined to address this rumor for years. Um, he finally did mention it in 2008 in an interview with Metro, where he said, lots of crazy things come up about me at first, especially from the tabloids. There's this there is the infamous gear stuck a hamster up his bum urgent myth, um, urban myth. So he like acknowledges it's an urban myth. Um, oh my God. I guarantee you he knows that Sylvester Stallone did this. I mean, think of it. If everybody's thinking during that time, like, oh, this guy's gay. Like he was in that theater production where he played a gay guy. And like, think of the, the homophobia, like, Right. How bad it is today. And it was a million times worse, like yeah. in the mid 70s. So like, I'm sure Sylvester Sloan was saying homophobic crap to Richard Gere. And he probably was like, I've had enough. I'm going to spill chicken juice all over your car. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, that's not a speculation, but... <laughs> Uh, that's no, I think it's that is my story. I think it's totally plausible. I yeah. I mean, I don't know Sylvester Stallone. We all know the types of characters he's known for playing for, like the Macho Man and whatnot. Like I can definitely see that. Um, you know, and yeah, it goes back to this you know homosexual rumor that has just followed him his whole life. However, just like contrary to widespread public belief, gerbil stuffing where you like put a gerbil or other rodent, a rodent up your butt for sexual pleasure, isn't like an actual sexual practice for anyone. <laughs> like, you know, heterosexuals, homosexuals, anyone, like it is not like a, yeah. yeah, like a not like a thing that people are into. Okay. Even though like it is widespread and Snow I'm sure it's just something that all these toxic, you know, masculinity crap like that's exactly that's what it, what it all stum stems from like oh i bet you put a gerbil up your butt like what what that's exactly that is what, what it is it's like and like this is what it is guys like when i was researching it, it's like the idea is you put a gerbil up your butt and then as it dies as it suffocates it starts to like scratch your, your inner rectum and gives you like pleasure apparently but that's not even a real thing okay so and that would not feel pleasurable I don't care who you are and it's like a cruelty to animal okay and so there has never been a verified medical case of a gerbil having been extracted from a patient's oh. rectum according to Snope so let's put it to rest if you hear someone bring it up again let's shut it down okay let's be the generation yeah. that ends the gerbil rumor for gear while he's yes. still got Oh, I just want like a t-shirt that says Richard Tiffany gear. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> if we just started selling oh. like <laughs> celebrity t-shirts with random middle names. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. a new line. <laughs> oh my God. It's a bi billion dollar business idea. We heard it here first. Oh my God. Well, that was. I feel fully up to speed on Richard Gere, Richard Tiffany Gere. Yeah, that was great. I mean, I'm, I think we're here to applaud him. Thank you for all the entertainment over the years. And thank you for, you know, being a, what seems like a stand-up guy from what we can tell. And Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. So many things could happen I between know. today and when this episode comes and out. 
Yeah. He's been canceled. Yeah. He's like actually like the most racist, like bigoted man alive. We're like, we're like what? hey guys, we were supposed to talk about Richard Gere today, but uh, he got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. No, knocking on wood for this man. Let's Love hope him. not. But you know, what a way to kick off our leading men series. We'll be back uh, next week with another uh, guy that has been on the silver screen or your small screen um, and just to the test of time. So yeah, let us know who your favorite leading men are. And um, yeah, just that one that, you know, your first early crush, your first um, old man crush, whatever. <laughs> oh my God. JTT. Yes. That's mine. Yeah, mine too. That was definitely mine when I was young. Loved him. Yes, you can always let us know by getting a hold of us um, on Instagram at Famous Kate and Liz Kate with a C or emailing us, um, however, emails work. Famous Kate and Liz at gmail.com. You question got mark, it. All right, guys, we learned, we laughed, we <laughs> cried. We loved Richard Gere. <laughs> Yes, we loved Richard Gere. And we love you. And we will catch you next week. Um, I need you to find a picture of Richard Gere on the UMass Gymnastics team. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Will do. Consider it done. Bye.